My name is Dr. Asher Beckwith, and I am your host of Self-Healing After Trauma. And today I am so excited to have Misha Saffron with me. Misha holds her professional counseling certification from the International Coaching Federation and is the founder of CEEQ, the Center for Empathy and Emotional Intelligence, LLC. She is an award-winning speaker and recently earned the CEO award from the National Institute of Health in recognition of her successful DEIA training. Misha is infectious with her positivity, intuitiveness, and empathy, and she creates healthy spaces for leaders and their teams while learning to navigate being uncomfortable as they develop new skills. Working with Misha, professional communities thrive as team members discover value and celebrate one another's successes and find new enthusiasm for their work. She enjoys helping their leaders and teams to reset mindset and empower their voices, resulting in renewed energy, enhanced problem solving, creativity, increased productivity, and thoughtful communication. And I am so excited. And we actually talked about your joy party in the last week's. Oh, awesome. <laughs> and how much of a difference that that actually made with me and my life and my mindset. So thank you for joining us today, Misha. It's such an honor to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I am I am delighted. And, you know, joy is a really interesting journey for so many different people. Right. And it's um, it can be a joy party, but also can be really frightening for people to step into. When I first started working with joy, I, I thought I knew what I was getting into, <laughs> but I didn't. And I don't remember if you were part of the first cohort or the second, but I remember asking some questions around people's desires to be in the course with me um, or the joy parties, as we would call them. And I was shocked because I realized that a lot of people were there because they were terrified of joy because so many people had trauma around joy. So many people had wonderful things happen and then the shoe dropped or somebody got, you know, in an accident or, you know, something awful happened. And so we ended up kind of rewriting the party to talk about how do we support joy and the pain, right? This coexistence, the duality of both of them. And where do we want to be? Where do we expend our energy and our efforts and our time, even when the storm just keeps coming in and hitting and hitting and hitting, right? And most people say, well, I want to choose the joy, but I'm so afraid to have it. I'm so afraid to hold it because I don't feel like I can. It slips away. There's so much we could talk about, but I just wanted to say that because I want listeners to know that, you know, if you're having this trepidation around joy, it, there's probably a reason for it. Right. And it's like tapping into that and figuring out how do I embrace the joy while also acknowledging what's going on for me that may not feel so joyful. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that I was talking about last week is that for me personally, I didn't have any clues to what it was like to even contemplate the idea of joy. So it was really mind boggling when I got into your, your joy party and I was like, well, what is, what is joy? You know, we spend so much time investing in the negative 
And part of it is our brains are primed that way. That Absolutely. is hard to like think or experience the, the positive. Yeah, our brains are wired that way. Our society is wired that way. Um, you know, it's like when you ask people like what they remember of their childhood, it's usually the bad stuff, right? If people, if you ask people, you know, how was your day? Eh, it was all right. Or they might say I had a bad day, even though there might've been a few things that made them smile. And so like, I wrote a song, actually, I'm a singer songwriter also, we didn't put that in there, but because uh, I'm still kind of growing on that area. Um, but, you know, it's, um, it's called Ain't No Bad Day For Me. And the reason I wrote that song was because I would say, you know, it was a bad day. But then the reality was walking home, a hummingbird literally paused right in front or a leaf kind of slowly fell. And I got to examine it and see it and pause and breathe. Or I got to watch somebody help somebody else onto the bus. And so those, all those things, anytime it makes me smile, like, wait a minute. Okay, let me reframe this. I had a good day with a lot of shitty moments. I don't know if we're allowed to cast on this. <laughs> I was like, I had a good day with a few shitty moments or a lot of shitty moments. But to redefine, to rewire ourselves, instead of saying I had a bad day, oh yeah, that made me smile and that's it. To rewire ourselves, to really think about what are the positives, right? And so that's why like in the joy party, we did gratitude practices. We hugged ourselves. We went like this. You know, and we hugged ourselves and we supported that. And then if anybody shared, we we're like, right. And just celebrating those moments because we're going to have bad moments and we're going to have good moments. Where do you want to put your energy? Do you want to really suffocate yourself and just victimize yourself and just sit and sit and sit and yuck? Or you want to allow a little of the good in, a little of the joy in, a little of the things that make you smile in. You know, and, and so it's, it's, you know, some people say, well, it's not a choice. I have all this happening. Yeah, you're right. And listen to those feelings and acknowledge them. Yes, you have all these things happening. And in between these things, take a moment and pause and breathe and notice the yellow sunflowers on the counter or notice that the sky is blue right? Because you can't just sit in these things and not let anything else in, or that is truly going to be your existence. And there won't be a joy party. Won't be a joy party in that. So how do you work with people who have a lot of trepidation around joy? It's a slow process. It's mm -hmm. really important. It's very important that it be a slow process. People are not ready until they're ready. Right. So we, we talk about, we, I, I'm not a therapist, so I don't go into the back part of the people's world. I'm a coach and I'm a trainer, um, but it's about building a relationship with yourself. So then you can build a relationship with other people. And as you begin to trust yourself and build your confidence and build your awareness of what makes you happy. And I'll just kind of throw out a little thing that I love that I had a friend do with me many years ago. I have a piece of paper that has now over a hundred things that make me smile. And so I can pull that out and go, oh, I want to hold my teddy bear. <laughs> or, oh, when I look at pictures of my children, that makes me smile. Or, oh, when I listen to September from Earth, Wind, and Fire, that makes me dance without even realizing what's happening next. So it's like to start to keep track, you know, but, but it takes a long time to create that. That took me at least eight months to create that list of 100. 
right? Even brushing my teeth and afterwards, what does it feel like when my mouth is all minty and fresh? I like that. That feels good. I don't like it when the toothpaste gets really hot and it burns my tongue, but I do like it when it feels fresh and I have a nice drink of water afterwards. So, but it's about, so when I work with people, it's like we slow down and we just start to pinpoint what does make you smile. And that doesn't mean I'm saying, yes, you're right. What happened to you today was bad and move on. I'm not, you know, it's not like pull up your britches and keep going. We want, we're not called human doings. We're called human beings for a reason, right? Right. I love that. Yeah. And I know for people who have had a history of trauma, that it's really hard to even contemplate this idea of experiencing joy. And one of the things that I found is that, you know, you really can't experience emotions until you can like experience all of the emotions. And I think that was one of the things that I actually learned through going through the whole joy party with you. (laughs) (laughs) And it really like kind of like turned my lenses on and it was like, oh, yeah, I'm only experiencing this. I'm not experiencing this other side of the emotions. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, our neural pathways are very, very strong, but they're also very adaptable. And so we can retrain our neural pathways to really, I know you're the science woman, so I'm a science person here. so, So we can retrain our brain to go a different pathway. You know, we don't have to keep going along that same trajectory. Um, and yeah, it might feel rocky at first. And we might kind of glitch and kind of go, ooh, this feels kind of good. What does that mean? You know, because we're going to, it's fear. Like, oh, if this feels good, then something bad might be happening. You know, I mean, it's like, what is it Murphy's Law? Like if I bring an umbrella, it won't rain. If I don't bring an umbrella, it will. I mean, what kind of thinking is that? I mean, the fact of the matter is it's going to rain or it won't rain. <laughs> and sometimes we don't bring an umbrella. And it does rain and guess what? We can dance in it, right? And we're gonna get wet. We're not gonna melt like the the witch in uh, Wizard of Oz, right? And it might mess up our hair, but imagine how good it feels to have water dripping down your face and then feeling like the, you know, it's like, it almost can be like a a refreshing experience if we let it. Mm -hmm. But if we're so afraid of messing up our clothes and so afraid of our hair getting wet and messing it up or makeup running down, I don't wear makeup anymore. Maybe that's why, because I didn't want it to run in the rain. I'm kidding. (laughs) But I think it's like really kind of re-examining our perspective and how we, how we bring things in or let things come in and what we shut out. And oftentimes people shut out joy. And I will tell you, I've not always had a journey with joy. I mean, I've been an optimistic, positive person, but I've had a lot of trauma. And it has helped me to allow a little hopeful thought to come in. Mm. And sometimes that's all there is, the little one. But again, it's reframing the message. If I had one little thing, you know, I tease some of the clients that I've worked with in a loving way, but they'll, they'll, they won't have anything to think to be grateful for. And I'm like, well, did your plastic toothbrush break and place plastic shards in your cheek this morning when you were brushing your teeth? No. I said, well, that's something to be thankful for. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So sometimes we have to look really hard for what to be grateful for. But as soon as we can do that, that complete non-broken toothbrush can go on our joy list. (laughs) Yes. And sometimes it does require quite a bit of, of digging, but it's, it wants you to start doing it. And this was one of the things I was also talking about 
it's kind of like that ripple effect, right? Once you have the negative coming in, then the negative just continues to come. And then you just see you have negative everywhere. But once you start allowing that joy to come in, it also ripples. And then Absolutely. you see that ripple effect of the joy growing. Yeah, it is very, very toxic. The negativity is very toxic and it eats at your body. It really can um, can really mess you up. Sorry, there's a phone ringing. I don't know if you hear it. Um, so it can it can really it can really destroy you on the inside, which then destroys you on the outside, right? So even if you so here's something for people who are listening to practice, because sometimes that joy has it comes from not having any self worth either. And so if you go and stand in front of the mirror and you just start to smile at yourself, mm-hmm. don't have to say anything. Now I say, I love you, but I didn't always, but just go in front of the mirror and start smiling at yourself. Or maybe you're walking to the park, just start smiling, just practice smiling and feel what happens to you all over your body. You know, maybe you start smiling, you'll think of something positive. Maybe you'll start smiling thinking, oh, I don't like the way my teeth are. Then you have to do a mindset shift again, right? Nobody's looking at my teeth. I'm smiling for me or smile with your mouth, your lips closed, you know, I mean, whatever. Um, but it, it's, it's, again, like I said, when you asked me, like, how do I work with people? It's slow. It's really slow, um, but it's successful because people start to identify, well, you, you were part of the you know, group. You, know, you start to identify, you know, okay, one, I'm having a good feeling. Two, I kind of want to have more of this. Three, it's possible, right? And four, I can grant a report back to, to Misha saying like, okay, this is what I did. This is how it worked. And, you know, then if it doesn't go on the list, it doesn't go on the list. We try something else, right? So it's all trial and error. I mean, it's always trial and error, but we have to be patient with ourselves. We have to be patient with the process, especially if you have deep-rooted trauma. I really like what you said around realizing that it's possible. I think that is really the, the crux of everything is just realizing that you as a person are capable of actually feeling joy. Yeah. 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 Deserve to feel it. And deserve to feel it. Yeah. And there are a lot of communities in our society who are shut down time and time again, that it's very hard to retrain, you know, that they, they deserve it just like anybody else. There is equality and joy. You know, it's really important. And that's what makes the world a better place. The more we get into that positive, loving, joyful place, the better impact we can have on the world. Yeah. I want to thank you. I know this was kind of a quick episode, but I would love to have you back um, many, many times. To, to <laughs> Thank you. Um, I appreciate you coming in and, and bringing joy today, especially as I am very horsey at the moment. <laughs> but I am still experiencing joy despite my horsiness today. Yay! That's <laughs> a joy that you are here today. And um, would you like to tell folks how to get in touch with you and, and just real quick about your new book? Sure. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I almost forgot. <laughs> um, so, um, so 
Boutique, Center for Empathy and Emotional Intelligence. It's very easy. It's www.ceq.org. Um, or you can email me, Misa at seek.org. Um, and um, I, I do, you're going to look at my website and go, oh, what, what? I, I work with individuals, so you'll have to send me an email. But I also work with organizations, nonprofit organizations who are trying to combat um, toxic toxic energy and convert, you know, miscommunications and um, also um, working to develop and sustain healthy, positive relationships in the workplace. And then my book is called How to Center, it's A Teacher's Companion. So it is for teachers. I'm writing a new book for leaders, but A Teacher's Companion, How to Center Empathy and Emotional Well-Being for Yourself and Your Students. And that can also be purchased on my website if you want a signed copy. Otherwise, you want to pay a little less, you can go on Amazon and purchase it there. Um, but I'm a super proud veteran seasoned teacher of 30 years and now self-employed and very happy doing what I do, always um, trying to make an opportunity to touch um, and change the way people are with each other. I think love is very important. Thank yeah. you so much, Misha. It's such a delight to see you and have you on the program today. Thank you, Asher. Take good care of yourself. Bye, everybody. Thank you. I wanted to take a moment to talk to you about something important. Producing a podcast takes a significant amount of time, effort, and resources. I'm fully committed to delivering the best possible content to you and want to continue improving and expanding the show. That's why I'm reaching out to you to ask you for your support through donations. Your contributions can make a huge difference in helping me take the Self-Healing After Trauma podcast to new heights. So if you're enjoying this podcast and find value in what I'm doing, I kindly ask you to consider making a donation. Please see the link in the show notes to make a contribution today.